0: I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Suzanne Doyle-Yerxa is my guest today. She is someone who is passionate about the arts, We talk about the importance of creativity and the impact theatre arts can have on our everyday lives. Her long-running theatre company, KV Players, has seen many performers go on to pursue a professional career in the arts, but she reveals that the biggest success stories are the ones where the skills learned on the stage translate into practical, real-life skills like building confidence, developing superior presentation skills, and finding courage. Welcome Suzanne Doyle-Yurxa to Soul Sister Conversations. Good morning. Oh, I'm happy to have this conversation because I think you're a bit of an icon (laughs) where we live, (laughs) and I know you've had a a big impact on uh, one of my kids' lives. And I've attended many of your uh, produced shows, and I think uh, we're going to have a great conversation about creativity and the arts, and and how that really helps us in our lives, and what you and and really glean from you what you've learned. Um, how, How long have you been associated? With theater,
1: well, um, I think I started doing theater when I was ten. I'm originally from the Boston area, and I can remember, um, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays in the summer, uh, my mom, God bless her, would take me and my younger sister, who's you know five years younger than I am, and I we would take this this bus to the subway into the city of Boston, and on Kenmore um, Avenue, Kenmore near Kenmore Square um, I would go to theater classes for two hours and my mom would walk the city with my sister and go to parks and all kinds of things so I've been at this um, I always say over a half century so it makes it sound a little more impressive
0: Okay, I didn't know that you had, uh, you have roots uh, as a child. So you, you would do act- acting and yes, acting lessons? Yes, yeah. and- the,
1: the, the company, it was um, Boston Children's Theatre. And it, the company had, what in the summer, what they called a stage mobile. And it, would, it was a, a mobile stage, literally. And they would go to parks all over the greater Boston area, and they would be booked in, and we would perform. Um, to crowds of people, um, some who wanted to be there and some who did not want to be there. And, uh, you know, their their park instructors would force them to go over and watch the stage mobile production. But it was such a it was such a good education. It was really such a good education.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. And so did you go into when you were um looking at education you've been a teacher you were were a teacher probably a lifelong teacher but retired Indeed. from the teaching profession per se did you start out as a drama teacher No did you I always do that Actually
1: started um you know I was really really fortunate in that um my The city that I'm from started a a big, big theater company. But if they started it when I was in what we would have called junior year and, you know, they they're still going incredibly strong at this point. So. In Massachusetts, one of the things that was very important in the school as part of the school structure was the Massachusetts State Drama Festival, and it gave us the opportunity to really go and present plays and see plays. I think that's the most important thing in the sense that we had the opportunity to watch other people's work and see what you could learn from that. And that, I think, ties in with the idea that as an educator, um, you know, I, I the idea that you can share that with others is is part of the thing that drove me into wanting to become a teacher.
0: Mm. And how long were you a drama teacher then basically your entire career like doing it as a teaching it and doing the extracurricular programming Um, for schools? I I was in terms of um,
1: I was always involved in an extracurricular sense and I think that you know it was the early 90s when Theater arts became really a part of the New Brunswick curriculum, and mm. you know, a standard part of the curriculum. I think up to that point there were certain schools who applied for local permits to teach those courses, but it became um, something that was just integrated into uh, Kennebecasis Valley High School. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity, along with Bob Doherty, to teach the course, which was, you know, which was really um, exciting to give, you know, to I guess what we were always trying to do there was have uh, students understand that it wasn't necessarily about performing it was learning to present yourself effectively and that mm. you could you know be on stage uh, those on stage skills translated into real life you know the idea of going into a job interview and knowing how to effectively um you know, speak with people and how to, when it was, you know, time to pause and when it was time to listen and when it was time to actively listen, etc. So I felt like it was really almost a life skill. And I was mm. so fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, be a, a, a teacher of theater
0: arts. That's so interesting that you say that it's a, a life skill, because I don't, I, maybe people don't make the connection between, you know, see what these kids are and just not kids, anybody who's on stage and the, and, and how it translates into real life. Oh um, the, co- the confidence that it has built, I can know, I know I can speak from our own experience, having a son who went to uh, KVHS and 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 I was always encouraging him to get in, involved into uh, the the theater program. And I think it was in grade nine. I was like, "Did you hear the announcement? Did you go yet?" And he was like, <laughs> "No, no." And he missed it that year. And I think it was uh, I don't know if it was Grease. Uh, and then the next year, I think it was Tarzan. And he actually went to that. And and he was like, "I should have did it the year before." Oh yeah. And, and what I noticed though was the it, it kind of really changed who he was. Um, you know, he went, it was like a little factory. He went in one in grade nine in the school and he came out a different person in grade 12. And I think the exposure to theater, it just turned something on in him and uh and i i think that's probably true of many of the kids you know it certainly is even just being involved in music and so on has 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 translated he continues to this day and and loves it so i'm thinking the impact that you've had on children's lives over the years is is pretty tremendous and you've seen some success stories come out of of the drama programming i think you know
1: some of the success stories we've had, i mean we have some you know people who are working professionally out of the program no there's no question they've gone on to get, you know, professional training. But I think that some of the biggest success stories are the people who do not go on, like you're, you're talking about your son, Lucas, and, and the idea that in terms of the skill set that he learned, and Mm -hmm. that he will have with him, one of the things that um, just from a practical standpoint, people learn all those practical life skills, like time management, and, you know, and just the idea of, of learning to work with all kinds of people. That that was one of the things I think that was so admirable about the program um, that Bob Doherty established at KV is that he understood. I think it instinctively that for a pro, you know when KV was built and people came from Rossi High School and Hampton High School, there had to be a drawing card, and and he believed really strongly that the the theater could be the hub of the school, but in order it for it to be a hub, it was really important to draw in all kinds of people from, you know, if you were talking outside of school, you would say walks of life, Mm -hmm. but you inside the school, you would say, you know, uh, you would say tribes, people seek out their tribes. Like we're always looking for those people who are like-minded and, you know, who enjoy the same kind of thing. And, and Bob knew if he had people who were artsy and people who were musical and people who were, you know, the athletes in the school and the people who are the intellects in the school, if he brought them all together in that central hub that was the KBHS Theater, that it would make the school more unified and it would also give people a better understanding of each other. And I, I think that was, you know, such a gift that Bob gave to the community. And I was just fortunate. I, you know, I came in in the third year of the school um, and, you know, kind of slowly worked my way into working with him. And then, you know, when he kind of got to a point at at a certain point where he said, you know, I think it's time um, for me, I'm still going to teach for a few more years, but I think it's time for me to pass the theater program on. I was, because I had worked with him for all of those years, um, I had the chance to pick up the program where he had it and then work with it and, you know, take it in a few different directions. And then When I left, Michelle Lanigan, who was a student of mine, took the program over and she took it in in a new direction. So, you know, but kind of keeping the basic components that Bob had established back in 75, 76.
0: Mm, I love that, um, that the biggest success stories are the ones that you don't hear about. Because I think it's so true, because I just see the, uh, just speaking from our own experience, the the growth in confidence. My son went on to give a TED Talk at university, a TEDx talk. And my husband and I were watching him and we were like, this is total, like he had the theater stuff going on, you know. So nice. the, the, the facial expressions, he played music and we we're just thinking I, we don't know if he'd be the same person had he not had that experience and continues to seek it. out And you can actually see that translation. And I think that's such an important point. And the other point that you made, you said there's a cross section of the school and i thought that's what was so interesting when he joined theater is that you know when i was growing up it was you know the people that were in theater were uh you know seemed to be outsiders or yes, no, <laughs> you know I agree and now you it's yeah. like you're right it's a cross section of the school you see the the basketball it's like people want to be a part of it it's a rite of passage absolutely know, and i and i really do see that one of one of the roles that i have
1: is and very fortunately i i'm the uh the chairperson of the New Brunswick drama festival. And so I get the very unique and special opportunity to work with schools throughout the province. So, you know, in all areas, um, I think last year, um, well, we were well, in 2020, um, we were scheduled for our largest festival ever. Oh. And from, with schools from, you know, from little tiny schools that are, you know, grades, uh, um, six to 12. And, you know, they've got, you know, a hundred kids and, and all of those grades <laughs> combined to the schools, you know, like KV or, or St. John high school, or, you know, St. Max with big, big student populations. And it's so interesting to see how the theater program in each school has an impact and, and all the different traditions and all of the things that, that, again, what you're saying is that the the life skills that people learn and the fact that those translate into practical things that they can do in their with their lives so um, and the the you know we're, we're all being asked to present ourselves all the time we really are and so if you have a, you know a methodology where you can present yourself more effectively and creatively then you know it, it gives you kind of that sense of confidence that you, you walk into a room when you present your thesis, for example, for your master's or your doctorate. You've performed before, so you're ready yes. to perform at that moment.
0: It's so true. And I someone has told me before, you're pitching all the time, especially we're talking about entrepreneurs and so on. You're always selling something. Absolutely. So, you know, to have that edge over other people, you have the experience and confidence, you know, you actually do see it translate. And I think this is such a great part of the conversation because it isn't just about, you know, people say, oh, I can't do the, the you know, theater or um, I, I love how you make it. It's real life skills that you're learning. It's, you know, it's art and it's real life. It's absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And I guess, you know, I guess, you know, the combination of of people understanding that, you know, the art, like, my hope has always been that, you know, if you, you pull in some people, you know, for example, um, You know, when I was I directed a a few years after I um, retired, I was going to say graduated, but that's not true. After I retired (laughs) to Ross High School and directed some shows. And I know that, uh, you know, the connection I had a connection there with uh, their JV basketball coach who had played Danny Zuko for us in Greece when we had done it years before. And at the end of the show or in the middle of the show, there was a scene where um, I needed You know, kind of guards, okay, and they had to be shirtless and, and they had to stand, you know, you know, near the king, etc. And uh, I didn't know where to find those people Mm -hmm. in Rossi High School, because I had no real connection to the school. So I went to Jay and said, Can you give me some basketball players? And he, you know, he, you know, two days later, he arrived in the theater with about seven or eight of the guys and said, here they are, they're willing. And so um, we, you know, we, we used them all. Some of them came to drama fest, but I think seven out of the eight of them stayed with the theater program until they graduated from high school. And they, you know, and they took bigger and bigger roles as it went, because I think they learned. The value, the absolute value of being part of something that they were a piece of. And it was, and you know, but their, what their piece was an important piece. I often think of uh, any kind of show that you do as being a tapestry. And, you know, if you look at a tapestry, there are threads within a, tapestry and you look and you see at some point those threads are dynamic and they seem to take you know they they become golden almost and then they recede back into the tapestry and so when you look at it it has a singular impact but you then sometimes you look at the individual threads and I think that's to me that's what a production's all about is that People get to shine in various ways and then they can fade a little bit back into the background. And I think that's what kids learn. And, and I, I don't think we've touched on, on yet the idea that, of course, you know, one of the things we come to the theater, we sit in our seats, you know, we look up to the stage and we're looking at the performers. But sometimes we don't fully appreciate that. There is a whole world behind those performers of incredibly creative human beings who have you know, lit the show, created the special effect, created the props, created the sets, painted the sets, decided on every single hue and shade and what would work best in in this scene with this light and, you know, and all of those moving pieces that absolutely have to fit together. And I'm not even talking yet about my, you know, my own passion about costuming and that But think of the number of people who get to be part of something. And that is to me the, you know, the joy, the absolute joy of putting something together.
0: Oh, it, it actually it is incredible. And if anyone has never seen either one of the you know high school productions or KV players, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, you know, go because it's incredible. I mean, and you're so right. It's everything together. I remember when uh, so Lucas was in Tarzan and I went to see the show the stage lighting was incredible. It you know, was. It, it was, it, and the music, I, I'm like, this is high school, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or even last year's Newsies, you know, the, with KB players. I mean, it, it was so good. It, you put it on twice, two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, we've, you know, I haven't been to New York. I've been to New York once to see Broadway shows and I'm looking at the set, you know, I'm like, this is incredible. This two story set. I'm like, and it was just the the energy and the power of these shows is incredible, and I think you're so right. It's everything If you see the little city behind the stage, uh, uh, I think you would be amazed
1: absolutely. And that as you know we're talking about that's another creative outlet that's another I mean, you know I was thinking the other day about the production that we did of of um Children of Eden. And we hired Lee Rivenbach from Theater New Brunswick to come down and create that in one of our summer performances. And you know, he got a group that, you know, we, we called on our our props makers, etc., and then they called on more people and they built these incredible masks and headpieces and giraffes and elephants and and it was just it was magical. But I you know i I said to somebody one time, it's, you know, a lot of us are drawn. I firmly believe that we are all incredibly creative souls. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the practicality of the world doesn't allow us to be as creative as we might want to be. You know those uh, moms and dads who get involved in their kids activities and you know sometimes the moms are are brownie leaders or they you know get involved in that and then you know they go and they do all these creative activities with kids and, and then their kids outgrow those things and you know they sometimes go to a point in middle school, et cetera, where maybe they want mom and dad right in the front lines being part of their day-to-day lives. But the thing that was remarkable to me about the the theater program is that it also brought in all of those parents who loved helping their kids when they were little and did all kinds of activities with them Um, and then that kind of slowed down. And when they came back to high school, I mean, there are so many people who come in and build those sets. You talk about a two-story set. They come in and they spend Saturdays and Sundays and nights and they build. And that's their creative soul coming out. And you know they make those masks they build those costumes they make the props they paint and i think it the thing that's exciting about that is it sometimes becomes such a family adventure and the idea that you're you're you will you release that creativity that's maybe been dormant for a while and you add actually realize what you're capable of doing. So on another level, that family involvement, that having the the parents be allow themselves to be as creative as they once were
0: oh absolutely I totally agree because one of the things you miss when your children go to high school you feel a little bit more out of touch and I know I would volunteer just to sew so it wasn't the most creative part it was just a piece that you know I just did what I was told so I could you know And but I remember having so much fun I would sit across from someone else who is a sewer and we show up on Sunday and we kind of laugh and joke about different things and and try to figure out how to put these pieces together I mean I'm not a seamstress but um, and But what I loved is the just the at the busy atmosphere. People work day and night, and and people who have been involved in the program and stay long beyond when their children leave. (laughs) You know, they're still
1: there. People have been there for fifteen years. Yeah, kids graduate, but you know. But I think they again, it's their creativity in the sense that you are giving back that's the thing you know I had somebody asked me you know a long time ago um you know why do you do this and I said well somebody did it for me when I was in high school when I was you know when I, I got the opportunity to do some amazingly creative things and I I'm still thankful to all of those people that I worked with and I always have felt like I was given such gifts and I you know it I guess not responsibility is not the right word, but I felt like as part of, of this great, you know, sense of, of community and family, there's a responsibility to give back. And this is the the best way I know how to give back is Mm. to, you know, give the, try to share my passions, try to share what I feel like, um, you know, something that there's nothing better than watching someone on the stage who has come in, as, as you said, maybe as a shy grade nine student and, you know, have just really nervous. And by the time they're in grade 12, they're teaching the little the grade nines how to do certain skills or or they're encouraging them or they're applauding them. And they're talking to them. and They're telling them all of the good things that are going to happen to them because they're involved in this.
0: It's so true. It's so true, and it is a little family. And and I I know from my son going into that, it's like that he found like eighty new friends. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, and absolutely. Um, you know, support each other. He played piano, so all of a sudden. He would sit down at the piano and play a piece and all the girls would swarm around and start singing, you know, don't start stop believing or something. I'm like, what what is this like fame or the glee? What what?" my husband and I would look at each other like everybody's just going through the hall singing or Yeah. No. It was incredible. There were times that, you know, and, and I, you know, I love, I love
1: all the, the, one of the things that I've been so fond of in the, uh, you know, the, in the program that I've been involved in and programs, uh, you know, Rossi High as well, and other schools um, are the traditions. And, um, yes. you know, I was at St. John High one time and they were, everybody was signing up for, you know, they were having the the cast meal and all the parents were preparing yes. and, and feeling again, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, we we all know that that uh, cooking is a very creative activity um not one that i was blessed to to enjoy <laughs> but um but the idea that you know those parents were sharing their gifts they were they were preparing these wonderful meals for kids who had been grabbing something at a fast food restaurant for the last two weeks you know so yeah. i mean that that's the, that is the the part of it is is it does it encourages all kinds of people and and you know it, it encourages you to come To the theater, and my goal is hopefully, is that when people are a part of uh, any theatrical tradition, is that they continue to support it later in life. Mm. Is that they, you know, they are going to go, I mean, even if they're not here, they're going to go to a, a theater production because they understand more than the average audience person what went in to create it. And I, I've always hoped that that appreciation of what everyone does to make something come together is, you know, something that they will share in their own families. Even if they never step on a stage again, they'll encourage their kids to go to theater, to be part of theater, to to appreciate theater.
0: Yes, I so, I so agree. How does seeing a show, do you think, get us in touch with our lives? When someone goes to see a show, whether it's community production or Broadway, what does it do for us? Well I guess what it does is you know I, mean, I
1: this is you know I've I've long been convinced that we are all storytellers and I used to say to the students that I taught you know if you want concrete proof of that think about the fact that there was a, you know a snow day the day before and everybody comes to school the day after the snow day and everyone shares their story of how they found out there was a snow day my mom came in in the morning I heard it on the radio I called in to, you know the the snow line everyone tells their story about how they found out and how they could go back to bed and how they how they you know share, how they spent that gift day that they didn't expect to have mm-hmm. and the idea is we are all storytellers and we have a story to tell and I think that when we go to the theater the thing that, that for us in front of us live are people People telling and sharing their stories. And some of the stories touch you and some of the stories do not. And I think you, you know, you kind of come to a point where you start to appreciate the stories that are meaningful to you. And the more that you see, the more that you are in touch with those stories and how they make you feel and I think that you know the idea of of you know sometimes people just want a good feel good story, and other times they want to be challenged, and other times they want to be angry mm. at what's being put in front of them and then try to figure out what about it touch them so emotionally. So I guess that's you know the I think the gift of, of live theater
0: mm. is that's that it so allows
1: me. people to tell the story. Mm.
0: I love you know, that. as
1: as they say in in you know at the end of Hamilton, who tells your story? And I think mm. that that you know, watching theater, we get to we get to formulate um, the idea that our story, you know, our story is valuable. Our story is important. Mm-hmm. And people have, have had a, a tradition, you know, to, in, as as long as we've been recording things, you know, in terms of writing them down, people have been telling stories that other people relate to.
0: That's so true. And the other thing that comes up for me, because I've always um, taken my kids to see as many shows as I could, maybe starting, yeah, maybe sometimes in elementaries, it was hitting me. So I don't know, there's something intuitive within me that says expose them to the arts. <laughs> and I remember, I think, I remember looking across at my kids um, and it was, we, it was Greece we went to see and we knew some people that were in it and I could see uh, my son's face light up. Uh, when he saw people that he knew and he would start saying oh that's so and so and that's so and so and it was like you could see a light come on yes. and i think what it does is it gives people permission you know and i think especially boys you often associate you know there's tons of girls that line up they sing and dance to addition but less so for for boys it seems like the the ratios are are you know a little off for the boys Absolutely. so it's kind of
1: cool that it lights people up but and and I, you know, I remember one time um, I used to do some reviewing for CBC. Um, so if a big product, they they would bring in a touring company and I would go to, you know, go to the show and then I would go to CBC in the next morning and I would talk about the show. And uh, one of the things that I was I think I was with Huey Lord at one point and we were watching a show that we had. Done actually, you know, that on an amateur level, and you know, sometimes you, you know, as sitting there, you think about, Well, I would have done this, or We did this, or, oh, I wish we had done that, that is mm-hmm. beautiful, etc. But I remember there was one scene that I wasn't particularly impressed with in, in a production I, I went to, and I but I touched Huey on the arm and, and I, I turned around, and I, I kind of because I had looked at the audience and I because we were in the second row or something, and I turned around at the Imperial, and I the thing that Really, awed me. I have to say, was every single person's face had a huge smile on it, Mm -hmm. and I said, "Look at the impact of what has is going on on stage has had on all of these individuals. Everyone is smiling. Everyone, and obviously they've connected with something that they've seen, and it's brought up a memory or they can relate to it, and you know it made." each individual happy. And I thought, wow, we don't get all that many opportunities to to see something like that in terms of of boys, you know, getting boys involved. One of the things, again, I'm hearkening back and, you know, Bob Doherty sometimes gets embarrassed by me because I continually say this, but um, he was so smart the first year he did the King and I, and he needed to have um, the King needed to be carried around on a leader I think that's what it's called throughout the show and you know he just didn't have enough boys in the cast who could do that and so because he was a teacher at the school obviously he connected with the boys hockey team Mm -hmm. and I think he got eight of them to carry the king around through the whole show and so from the first musical at KVHS um, it was it wasn't hard to get boys It was not because those boys had been involved. And in a sense, you know, it it gave other high school boys permission to be involved. And, I, you know, I think things obviously our society is changing and and that is a wonderful thing that it is. But at that point in time, there was a sense that, you know, there was sort of and for some kids. There was a sense that, well, you really wouldn't get involved in theater. You know? Yes. And, but he gave, by doing what he did, and it was very smart, he gave people permission. He gave all the people in the school permission to be involved.
0: Yes. And I think once they get a taste of it, I remember in Tarzan, uh, there were, I mean, th- these huge silk curtains. You know, unbelievable. like unbelievable, unbelievable that they had these big boys. I don't know if they're basketball players or who they were, and they're up there kind of twirling, and the crowd was going mad. You know, and and I could tell, like they are loving this. You know, yeah. like and I think once you get the energy from the audience, you get hooked. Uh, yeah. You know, that it's nope. an incredible fun thing to do.
1: Oh no, it's there's no question that the energy that the audience gives you is what helps formulate your performance, and that production particularly, they, I mean, they were blessed by. Hal Dallin and his incredibly remarkable tech crew, but you know they also bought professional silks and had a silk master come in and do a weekend workshop, so everybody who was going to be up on the silks was safe you know yeah. so i mean you know you' you've you've seen some um you know it really and throughout this the city some of the things that that are being done in high schools and being done by the Saint John Theater Company i mean they're yeah. really wonderful productions and we're really fortunate to see what we see in this city
0: yeah it is it's so true um how do you think we get in touch with our creativity i guess you know in a sense
1: sometimes sometimes people I think for some people, it's such a need. I mean, you look at the artists of the world and I'm talking visual medium artists that, you know, it's just in their soul and and they have to do it. Like there's, there's no question, you know, they're always drawing or painting or sketching or, you know, so that uh, is, you know, just a calling. And I think other people maybe are drawn to it and maybe drawn to it by somebody, you know, who, a friend of theirs said, "Who says let's go to this workshop and learn how to make whatever?" And then what you realize is, you know, my heavens, your friend doesn't necessarily stay with it, but you love it, so you continue it, and you end up doing felting, and you end up doing all kinds of interesting yeah. things. And and I think that other people really kind of fall into it and realize it was an overwhelming need that they just didn't realize that they had. I think there are mm. so many paths to the creative, that the creative soul follows.
0: It's so true. You know, if someone's listening to this and they've secretly wanted to perform or do something, um, how, how would someone get involved or what would be a point of entry to help either behind the scenes or in front? Well, I guess for KV with KV players, and that's something that I think we have
1: long, um, you know, said that was the part of our mandate in that, you know, every every theater company has a brand and, you know, each brand is, is unique and different and stamped in a different way. And our brand is inclusivity. And that mm. the idea is that if someone wants to be part of KV Players, we are more than welcoming in the sense that um, we very rarely, if ever, um, you know, can't find a place for someone. And we have so many people who have come to the stage in their adult life for the first time, which is really fascinating for me. And I love watching that. And I love watching people grow. I had a friend just the other day who said, you know, it was a, we were on a Facebook thing and, and she said, you know, something about secretly that her, um, you know, her her on her bucket list was to be, you know, in a KV player production. And, and I just wrote back immediately, oh, I can make that happen. So, you know, and we can. And backstage people are always clamoring for, you know, more people to help out and to be part of it and to, you know, come in and help us paint something. Or And it can be really something, um, you know, that you might not think is a big deal, but it ends up being a big deal in a production. And mm-hmm. I guess because we're blessed by a really large creative team that there are lots of people you can align yourself with to be, to make, you know, yourself part of the production, you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, yes. I saying, if people, you know, want to get in touch with us, we're if you know, kbplayers.com, um, you, you know, we, we will get back to you and we will say, you know, tell, these are the dates of our auditions or these are the dates of our performances. Come, come join us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, I've often heard people say, oh, I'd like to do that, I have the courage to do it. And yeah. I found a, a quote that Henry Matisse, he's an artist, and he said, creativity yes. takes courage. And, and I think it's just that being able to take that first step. And if you can find an easy point of entry, um, it, it'll, it can unlock or unleash something within you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's something that, you know, like we've had lots of people who've gone away from it for you know they did it in high school and you know and then they thought that part of their life was over and and then they've come back 10 or 15 years later and been part of it again you know so yeah. it is it's it's um it's very exciting to watch from you know my point of view to watch people grow we had uh, a woman who you know, had never ever been in a production. Who came out a couple of years ago during Sister Act, and her name is Margie Maserol, and she's wonderful. But she was just perfect for Mother Superior, and uh, mm-hmm. it's her first production ever. And you know, she has been back every season since, and we love having her. And she did such a wonderful job. And thing, I guess, you know, we say like the, I think because of the intensity of the theatrical experience, people bond very quickly Mm. and so it's like you just have a whole a new layer of friends you know and that I think that that's been a plus for a lot of people who have come to the stage a little bit
0: later in life yeah and I think you see the courage in each other you know what it takes to get out there absolutely (laughs) absolutely it's like it's like the common uh the common thread that that runs between the experience um you know, because sometimes things don't always, you know, run smoothly. Like you can have mishaps or someone forgets <laughs> their line, you know, and you have to have a lot of confidence to just Absolutely. keep on trucking. Uh, to, yeah. to
1: Actually. And, and the, yeah. the other thing that's wonderful about that is that you know that there are people who are going to help any situation that you get in that's a little sticky. Somebody's going to help you get out of it. And yeah. the, the idea that you get to rely on other people is is obviously a gift as well.
0: Yes, for sure. Let's talk about kV players, which is the production that you uh, the production company that you're involved with now. When did kV players come into existence? It's been around for a while now. It has been. um this is this was to be,
1: well, it is now our thirty seventh season.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, we've done the research and and we may be wrong and I'm always willing to say that, but we could not, we have not been able to find another theater company that has done musical theater that's been in existence longer in New Brunswick, an amateur theater company. So we're very happy with that and and proud of it. so this year, obviously, we had a season that was ready to go. And we're going to actually announce that in our August 20th show, what our season was. It, it was, I think, one of, okay. one of the mo- more exciting ones that we've had in a long time. And um, as the pandemic, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, kind of um, seeing this coming. And I, I had a very unique experience kind of insight into the pandemic and that there's a a wonderful, wonderful um, girl who graduated from KVHS who is now an epidemiologist um, teaching, has a doctorate and is teaching at Harvard. And the week before everything shut down in New Brunswick. She put a Facebook post up and said, I am on my way to teach my last class at Harvard. Students must be, um, must leave all of the dorms. There will be no for at no classes and, you know, except online classes after Wednesday. And this is, we had not even come close to shutting down. And, and she said, I think I will will see everybody in six months. And I thought, if this is what the... An epidemiologist from Harvard is saying about what is coming. We should probably prepare. Now, I'm an optimist, and so I kept thinking, hoping against hope that the high school shows would go, and that in May we'd be able to drama festival. Well, and of course we're going to be able to do KV players this summer. But as that became less and less, you know, of reality, I was concerned. I was really concerned about the fact that it's hard to come back. It's, you know, continuing is very important. If you're a theater company, it's hard to come back. And I, I thought, okay, so we, we decided that we would try to do drama festival as a virtual drama festival. So people could submit a song or a monologue or a scene, a virtual scene, or one wonderful um, middle school from Florenceville put together a version of Beauty and the Beast that their teacher edited and was, you know, it was amazing, but all done virtually. And so when we, we were hoping to get 10 entries and, you know, and the adjudicators that we had hired who are all professional uh, people, people working professionally in the theater and they come in from across the country, they all agreed to adjudicate whatever came in and respond to the kids individually. And so we thought we would get 10, as I said, and we ended up getting four, 44 and wow. getting 44 entries. And it went on. It took us four days to get through everything. And we had at the end of it, we had 32,000 views of the things that came in. Now, you know, a whole high school cast would watch anybody from their school who did it. So it wasn't hard to get all of those views, to be honest with you. But it uh, it, it said to me that this is something that people wanted. And this is something that KV players could do. So we reached out to people and said, how would you feel about doing a virtual show? We have a KV players family group. And uh, the response was overwhelming. And so we started figuring out how we could do this. And I can remember our our first meeting was before everything shut down. I think it was in in Java Moose. And I came with a list of, you know, almost 100 shows that we could highlight and then, uh, you know, started getting advice from all kinds of people. And and my son, Michael, um, who works in reality TV, um, said to me, you know, this is a time. This is not a time to do shows that, you know, you might want to do in the future or a selection from a show. He said, go the nostalgia route. People really are looking for some, you know, they're kind of you have the potential to use people from across the world to be part of your show. Do some numbers that your audience has loved over the years and that they will relate to. So we did our first virtual show was um, July 23rd. And it the first number of the show was our, from our first musical that we ever did in 1980. We had done review shows and we had done plays, but the full first show we had ever done was in 1988 and was Leader of the Pack. And the two people who were the leads in that show opened our virtual show singing a song they had sung in that show. So the idea that we were able to bring back, our I, well, our, our saying was, you know, we've got people from, um, bella bella b c to Wellington, Florida, from Los Angeles, California, to Halifax, Nova Scotia and all points in between mm-hmm. and we really did we had you know the first cast was over a hundred people and people sang in group numbers and and you know did solos and we had you know all so many of our local politicians um came out and gave statements and uh, local community leaders and people had been in the organization from mm-hmm. the start and so we were able to put together a show, a full hour and a half show. And we were, you know, and, and what became evident quite early is because of the overwhelming response of people who wanted to be involved. We couldn't just do one show. We had to do two because <laughs> we wanted to be able to feature people. We you know, we knew the show couldn't go on for four hours, you know, as much yeah. as we would have liked it. Not yeah. the average audience member would have. So <laughs> You know, we cut it in like, for example, we cut it in with one of the Newsies um, videos that we had and and uh, things from the Adams family. And, you know, in this show we're doing we had a group called Dancing that was in the late 90s. And we're doing a number from, you know, see, you'll get to see a number from one of their shows. So we we're able to really transcend the actual KVHS stage. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing yes. that was really interesting and that we could bring people together who hadn't, you know, hadn't been able to perform together in years. And it's kind of something that was totally unexpected. We had, um, for for the first show, we had what we called our net galas, and we had people who got together and watched the show together and raised some funding. Um, we had what we called a a twenty for twenty campaign, and the idea was that you know you would contribute. Everybody who watched the show would donate twenty dollars to us, and then they would tell twenty people about. The, you know, the KV Players show. And, um, we're doing the same thing for our second show, which, which goes up on August 20th. And it's a brand new show featuring all new numbers and, um, you know, very, very, um, exciting to watch, to watch, you know, some of the incredible, um, uh, professional performers. And we have people who are, you know, working professionally in theater who, are doing, you know, doing both. Well, doing both of the shows actually. And uh, that I was saying to somebody the other day, the thing that was fascinating is how incredibly accommodating the professional performers were. You know, and 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 it was just like you asked them for something, and they're like, "Oh, of course, I would be happy to do that. That would be great." You know, and um, you know, so it just made things. Um, the reconnections were the things that for me were so. Exciting. You know, I have a staff um, from that, you know, through summer grants and and they're wonderful. But, you know, they they kind of got to the point where any time I would make a connection with someone to talk to them about being in the show, it was a guaranteed 40 minute conversation every single time. You know um, because it it's it's a delight to be able to talk to people and catch up on their lives and find out yeah. what they're doing and and you know and why they chose to come back and and be part of this show so or both of the shows, so you know we've been we feel like we really do feel we're blessed, and we're really hopeful that you know the the people who saw the first show will you know. Be, continue to be excited about watching the second show and you know again seeing some of the remarkable people who are uh, are going to be in this one as well
0: well, I think the big draw for your second show, because I was going to ask you, but obviously you're not going to tell me now, but to give us a sneak peek into the 2021 season. But <laughs> yeah. so we'll be tuning in to find out what I've heard. Right. Rumors. Right. I've heard rumors. Yeah. <laughs> and we are um, excited.
1: We're really excited about We were so excited about that season. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really hopeful that, you know, that, that things, I mean, we have been so fortunate in New Brunswick that we, you know, I think we, we understood that we there was there were certain protocols that had to be followed. And because we did and, you know, we we have been um, relatively safe. No one's ever safe in this kind of a pandemic yes. situation. But people have been on guard, you know. And the, the thing about the second show that one of the things I will tell you is that we decided one of the things we really have always loved about KV players is that we've had outstanding choreographers over the years, outstanding, you know, Joanna Bryson who now works with um, TNB and, and, you know, and and as, as of late Courtney Arsenault who who actually teaches at their theater school and lives in Fredericton have choreographed some beautiful numbers for us. We wanted to make sure that the art, you know, it's, it's very hard to dance in a situation where you have to be socially distant and you, you know, yes. there's mask wearing, et cetera. So we did, you know, one number that actually began in Fredericton in a park and we traveled down the cases in terms of, of, you know, doing recognizable parks throughout the area from Hampton to Quispam to Rossay to the public gardens to Wallowstock Park, you know, and mm-hmm. the entire dance number is outside using Four or five dancers at each location, so you know we got to do some very creative things. We even had a drone, you know, uh, following the dancers as they dance through various areas. So, it's been it's been you know a challenge to do some of the things that we would be able to do fairly simply on a stage. Mm.
0: Yes, I, I know I got together with a, a group of friends for the first show because the majority of our children have been in in the the shows and so it was uh fun to see how you put that all together. It's an incredible amount of work. And and I think that's what people, you know, need to know is that the the attention to detail that you and your team have is incredible. And I, I actually remember I think it was you were helping with the costuming um on the K one of the KV productions on the high school productions, and um I it was footloose and I was uh, doing some sewing and you wanted piping on one of the shirts. And, um, I didn't get around to it. And I thought, well, she won't, she won't really notice it. I mean, the shirt looks incredible. I'm like, what's a little piping. And they have to do this dress rehearsal and you look at every person who comes across the stage. I know. And the first thing you notice, you go, Oh, there's piping missing on that shirt. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm on it.
1: I know. So I'm awful. There is no detail I... overlooked. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, I, I. But the thing is, you know, people. I again. it's but it's part of the creativity. And I say to people, in the, when that's those situations happen, sometimes I'll when the piping goes on, I'll say, "See, it looks better, doesn't it?" Think, yes,
0: it does. <laughs> it was. But I think that's what people need to know is that when you go to these shows, there will be so much attention to detail. You'll oh. have such an enjoyable experience.
1: Yeah,
0: it um, really. It yeah. is, I
1: think, for all of us. I really do. Yeah. And I love that, that people feel part of the team. They feel part of the experience. They know that what they did was valuable.
0: Yeah. And if people are hearing this and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time and money to put these shows on yeah. and they feel compelled to um to give in some way, like you said, 20 for 20, how, how can people go- donate to your You
1: can go to the website and there is, you know, it's quite easy to donate. Um, It's, you know, and and we have had such generosity. It's been really positive. Um, But you just have to go to kvplayers.com and there are the websites there and it directs you very, you know, to actually be able to watch the first show. It's posted there as well. But there's a, a button that shows you how to donate. Yeah, it's and it's,
0: businesses can donate oh or sponsor. Gosh, yes, wow. yes,
1: absolutely. That's actually something we've had. Um, we did, you know, again, this all came up relatively quickly in terms of hey, wait a minute, we're you know, the, the drama festival is in May, and we realized that we wanted to do a show. You know, we at that point we weren't sure what we were going to do, and we decided to do this. So, we really, you know, usually we're out. Talking to our sponsors much earlier than that, so we've got people in the community right now going around to our traditional sponsors and just letting them know that you know the first show was viewed by, you know, so many people, and you can go online and you can watch it. And you, if you'd like to be affiliated with us for the second show, I feel like we really tried very hard throughout the show to give our sponsors because we we really would not be able to do KB players if we did not have community sponsorships. And we realized that this year is a little bit tricky because some businesses have had you know had taken some hits but if there's anyone who would like to sponsor us we would be so happy to accept their sponsorship and do whatever is necessary to help promote them as well
0: mm, that's so great what impact has um in the arts had on your life
1: oh heavens um i would guess i would say that um um just in terms of my career i felt like you know it was it was something that i could pass on to other people and thus you know it's a cyclical thing you pass it on and then you get back from it um mm. three of my four children are involved in the arts you know that uh, and you know um and i think that uh, the thing that's very ironic about that is um, the only one who is actually appearing in this show is the one who's not involved in the arts. <laughs> My son Jack lives in Florida, and he's actually singing something that he sang in a show, you know, 15 years ago in this particular show it, with with Laura Higgs and and uh, Mike McDonald. But i feel like i those are the, the the same things we were talking about earlier the idea mm-hmm. that that my children were always around and always part of it and that they absorbed it and their lives have been enriched by it um in in terms of what they've decided to do with their lives you know yeah. um my daughter, Casey, runs KidSing in the Valley and, and in, in Fredericton, and, and there's a branch of it in Nova Scotia as well. And, you know, so she's being able to to give back to the community by dealing with young people. And, yes. and you know, her her kids, her clients start from the time they're three years old, you know, and go straight through to high school. So that's been, I think, a, a benefit for, you know, for her and for our family and, and both my, my son, Michael, and... um and my daughter, Brooke, both work in television in Toronto.
0: OK, so you've had a, a lot of impact. It, it's it's spilled out in a ripple effect, I guess.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that, that, um, you know, I feel like with these contacts that I've had um you know reaching out to people it's it's great to share our stories again it's great to share mm. what made them do what they did and and how it's impacted their lives and it mm. it's very it's wonderful to hear and i know that you know as as much as an impact as they have had um as they sometimes feel like the being involved in theater has has had on um their lives they've certainly given back to me you know tenfold
0: mm, yeah yeah, that's how that works, isn't it?
1: It it does indeed.
0: <laughs> well, this has been a, a tremendous conversation. I just Thank have a couple you. of last questions for sure. you. If they're I call them soul questions. But, <laughs> okay. um what is your superpower? Oh heavens! What would you say that is?
1: I would say, and it's funny because Bob Doherty said this years ago. I I would say being unwilling to accept no as an answer. <laughs> Yeah. That's unwilling. A, <laughs> unwilling to accept that, I right? always think that, that we can make something happen. We can make uh, that happen. Mm. What has become abundantly clear to you? Um, that people people want to share their stories. I'm not mm. sure I really understood that through my whole life, but people want to share their stories and they want their stories to be heard. I think people want to be validated and they want to find a tribe.
0: Mm. And finally, what does the world need most? Oh heavens! Um, I would guess
1: because we live in such a traumatic times um, that we should strive for understanding. Mm. It's very challenging right now to understand a point of view that is diametrically opposed to your own. And sometimes, you know, I will find myself listening to broadcasts, etc., that are really, really um, things that I do not believe in and I do not espouse. But I want to hear them and I want to Mm. understand why people think the way they think. I'm not Mm. sure I've ever achieved that with some of the things that I've listened to, but the idea that that every person is is valuable. Mm.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation, well, thank and I, you so I much. wish KV Plow uh, players um, all the luck. And I can't wait to find out what the twenty twenty one season is going right. to bring. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. All right. Bye bye. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course, on LinkedIn. See you next week.